Today our text comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 2. On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know from where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. I was there at the wedding. I was one of the servants at this wedding. And we knew from the very beginning that there was not going to be enough wine. And sure enough, as the, as the evening went on and people were drinking, the, the wine got less and less and then finally ran out. It was, it was an embarrassment for the groom and for the master of the feast party was lame. And then you'd never believe who showed up. Jesus, right? From Nazareth, which is just about four and a half miles south and west of here. He shows up. Jesus shows up. And, and, and his, this great wet blanket, uh, follow the rules, have no fun Jesus, just came to this already lame party. This party was dead. And then Mary, his mom, has this crazy idea. She turns to Jesus. Now, Mary was there probably helping with the, uh, the, the master of the feast to make sure that this wedding was getting pulled off well. And she gathered, she went to Jesus and said, they, they have no more wine. What's well, interesting that, that Mary didn't gather her friends together and, and jump on a donkey and, and make the trek down Redbug to ABC. It's like ABC with phlegm. They didn't even gather together and say, we've got a few extra bottles at our house. We'll go run and bring it back. No, she looks to Jesus. In the midst of this problem, she turns to Jesus and says, they have no wine. And Jesus talks to his mom and he says, woman, what does this have to do with me? Now, interesting that Jesus says, woman. Now, some people with maybe Western ears would hear this more on the derogatory side, like, go fix me a pot pie, woman. But here in this context, it means something of great respect and honor. And it's Jesus. It almost sounds like he is kind of reinventing his relationship with his mom. What does this have to do with me, Jesus said. But Mary trusted in Jesus and his approach to this ordinary problem. And Jesus, he responded with an extraordinary solution. Then Mary looks at us and says, do whatever he tells you. Now the tone and the phrase that she uses means whatever he has to say, do it immediately. Don't wait right away. Do whatever he tells you, even if it sounds ridiculous, which it did. 
Now, sitting nearby, there were, there were these six really large stone jars. Each held between 20 and 30 gallons, right? And so you put those all together, and you've got, you've got 120 to 80 gallons of water right there. And Jesus said, fill them to the top with water. Great idea, Jesus. Already a lame party. What are we going to do? We'll serve them more water. So we did. We filled them to the brim. And then Jesus said, I want you to draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And so we drew some out, but it wasn't, it wasn't water anymore. It was wine. Now, now, anybody who knows anything about making wine, it takes a long time for, for wine to, to have that great complexity and, and flavor. And this was new, young wine. No one would want to drink this. And we brought it over to the master of the feast and he took it from my hands and he, he swirled it around and he smelled the bouquet and he, he took a sip and swirled it around his mouth and his eyes got huge. And he said, this is, this is the best tasting wine I've ever had. Most people wait until the, the people are, taste buds are all dead and drunk before they give them the good wine. But you've saved the best for last. And it's really cool as we think about it that Jesus' first miracle, not a lot of people were in on it. Mary knew. We, the servants, we knew. Nobody else knew where this wine came from. I think it's really cool that Jesus lets the lowly in on the surprise. And this was a sign. Now, sometimes I've heard you all talk about miracles that Jesus did. I really prefer the word sign. Because this, this word sign, it, it involves my head and it involves my heart and it draws me in to not just see the sign, but to see the sign as an arrow pointing to someone else. This sign wasn't just cool because he, he, he made a bad party great. It was cool because he was the life of the party. The sign pointed to him as the son of God. And his solution was incredible, and it was abundant. It was, it was quality and quantity. He brought the party back to life. And as I think about what Mary did and her response, I think there's something for us to take away. In the midst of the problem, she turns to Jesus, she trusts in Jesus, and then she tells us what to do. Turn, trust, and tell. I think we see this incredible opportunity in our own lives to really put that into play. What would this look like in my life? I think this is a reflection of Mary's deep abiding certainty in the divine goodness of Jesus. How many times do I come to him with my problems, with the expectation of the solution that I have in my mind rather than his plan? And his plan is always way better. Just this amazing relationship that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had this incredible friendship even with her son. What a friend she had in Jesus. Was he, are you weak and heavy laden to take it to the Lord in prayer? In his arms he'll take and shield you. You'll find a solace there. Pete, we should put that to music. That would be a great song. See, we have a world that is so broken that no ordinary solution can fix it. 
Right? No amount of finances can fix this broken world. No amount of, of politics can fix this broken world. No, no social cause can fix this world. No, not every day, real-life problems, we don't need an ordinary solution. We need an extraordinary solution. Jesus reveals his identity as somebody who can do the extraordinary through these signs so that you can know that the Son of Man has the power and the authority to forgive your sins, to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. It's important to witness the wonder of Jesus bringing my life back to life, to turn, to trust, to tell. In my life, in the here and now, it's important to see that my life is not just one problem after another problem after another problem. It's not the right perspective. My life is one opportunity after another to turn to Jesus, to trust in Him, to have the right solution, even if it's not the solution in my head, to trust that His way is always better. That he will always work even the evil things out in this world to the good of those who love him. To trust that. To rely on that. To base our lives on it. And then to tell other people of the great things that he does. But now it's important to know that, that these signs, as amazing they are, and as, as much as they can lift us up, encourage us, build our faith, they're not necessary. They're not absolutely the end-all be-all. What is necessary, what is absolutely critical is His Word and His sacraments. His Word given to us in Holy Scripture that we can pour through to actually hear His living, breathing voice speak into our lives. To know Him, to grow in relationship with Him, to receive the invitation that we get this morning to come to this table, this altar, and receive the sacrifice that he made for you. To get this bread and wine, but, but so much more, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ sacrificed for you that you could be forgiven, set free, and raised back to life again. That's the real miracle. That's the real sign. And... It's not just about this world either, but about the party to come. See, weddings, throughout the New Testament, weddings are used to give us this picture of what our relationship is like with God. Right? Jesus, he's, he's the bridegroom. We, the church, we're his bride. And the marriage that we have is, is one that's eternal, that, that he longs for, that he cherishes us. He can't wait to spend every moment with us, sacrificing himself, even to death, that we can live. And then John, the writer of this gospel, he talks about, in Revelation, this amazing marriage feast to come, right? This, this marriage banquet, this feast to end all feasts, the feast that will last for eternity. This marriage feast, when the church is finally united with Christ in the kingdom of God, in the world put right. 
And knowing in Jesus, just so amazing, knowing that that's the end of the story, he starts his ministry with a wedding, with wine, and a sign that points to him as the Savior of the world. So it's that hope that I long for that makes the problems of this world even seem crazily small because of what I'm waiting for in the life to come. You know, I was reflecting with my wife this past week that there was a time where we had a celebratory event and good friends of ours had gifted us this bottle of wine, this amazing bottle of wine. This is a, this is a bottle that we would never in a million years have enough money to buy. And we opened up the cork and you could smell the complexities, the richness, the body, the fullness of this bottle of wine. And we enjoyed every last drop. And then we mourned because it was gone. The ordinarily, ordinary fixes to the problems that we have in this world they're limited. They come to an end. But the richness of the kingdom of God and the wine that Jesus offers, the wine that we receive today, the richest, most grace-filled, is not just the best we've ever had, but we'll never run out. We'll never go dry. The grace is never-ending. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this sign that you gave us at the beginning of your ministry that you are not a wet blanket, but you are the life of the party. You bring our, the party of our lives to life. God, for all of those who are wrestling and struggling through difficulties, through challenges, through temptations, I pray that you enable them to see them not as one problem after another, but one opportunity after another to, to turn to you, to trust in you, to tell about your amazing grace. God, we pray this all in Jesus' powerful and holy name. Amen.